Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andrew T. Ruther. I delayed your name because I see you mocking me over there. I wasn't mocking you. You just had such a you have such a cadence to your opening that I uh, I've got it down now. Should I mix it up? Is that what you're saying? No. I think, uh, you know, somebody said that the Dirty Sports theme song was like, I forget his his uh, thing, but it's just like, now it's just become so ingrained. It's like, now you doing the opening is just, it's just what it is. Yeah. I don't know why I did it, but Let's I did it. rock and roll. Andy, we have lots of football. Got lots of stuff to do today. We got to. No, there's no time for pleasantries. <laughs> you don't want to talk about San Diego? San Diego was great. Uh, the shows at La Jolla are always awesome. I wish I had been able to be down there longer, honestly. I wish I could could have stayed today, but I had to get back, do some dirty sports. I wish I had been able to get there earlier. I just love it. It's like such a good such a good deal, the La Jolla yeah. Comedy Store. It's, and it's, it's turning into my favorite room in terms of like the crowds, just fun crowds, nice people. Staff's great. We are on a time restriction today. Right, a little bit of time restriction. I've got a fucking audition to do. What's your audition? Who knows? A commercial or something. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I'm, I'm house dog sitting for our friend Brian. He's got like five dogs waiting for me to be let out before I go. Well, we can plow through it. Week one NFL season. Plow. I also watched a bunch of college football, which I can hit pretty hard. Just the main games that I watched. And also we have, or I did a quick phone call interview with our buddy Robert Latow from Black Sports Online. So that was in regards to the Antonio Brown situation. Yeah. Um, which we have to obviously start the show with. Yeah. Um, Antonio, since our last episode, Antonio Brown. Let's just try to cover the things that have happened literally since we recorded last. After we recorded... Antonio Brown, there was already a situation with Antonio Brown, but it seemed as if it was settled, basically. Yeah. Everything was settled. Then Antonio Brown gets hit with a letter stating the team could, like, they, or they were fining him, and that fine was setting some precedent that said he, if eventually cut or whatever, could lose guarantees. Yeah. To which he then responded with trying to fight Mike Mayock. I'll be honest. Called him a cracker. Tried to attack him at practice. Uh, uh, followed by... I like It's so convoluted into what order it all happened at this point. Basically, like, I can't remember back... I can't remember the Antonio Brown situation, how it went down, starting Friday. Let alone all the shit before that with the helmet and the feet and the whatever. Well, everything went down Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to recap it. I don't think we need to. I think people have followed it along as closely as they could. Yada, yada, yada. Antonio Brown demands 
uh, via Instagram to be released. Released, puts out a video with a phone call he had from John. He makes a hype video with John Gruden's voice on it. That's before demanding to be released. Right. All this then gets fucking released. Yeah. Immediately picked up by the New England Patriots. Yeah. And your call with Robert Latal is based. His- well, it's based on a tweet. Robert tweeted on Saturday. I just got a text from someone I trust in the league, so who works for the NFL, and they believe this was all coordinated. That at some point, AB got word the Pats would sign him if he ever got released. So after I saw Robert's tweet, I texted him, and I'm like, yo, dude, what's up with this? And Robert's great. He always gets right back to me. And I love that he has some inside scoop on this. So he goes, yeah, man, it's crazy. And then I said, do you mind doing a phone call? And it'll be recorded. Unlike Antonio Brown, I let Robert know when I'm going to record somebody on the phone. So he said, yeah, man, let's do a quick call. Obviously, his world is turned upside down running a popular sports website with all this stuff happening. So what I did was I called Robert, who then gave me a great quick 12-minute phone call on all the crazy inside stuff that his source, who works for the NFL, thinks how this all kind of went down. Now, I have not heard the phone call, and I will be looking forward to when this episode drops after I leave here so that on my way to my audition, I can listen to the phone call with Robert. But give me a little bit of a preview in terms of was, is there, because when I look at this, I go, Brown wanted to go to the Patriots maybe originally, and the Steelers basically said they're never, like that would be the one team they're never trading him to. What are the chances, or was it discussed in your phone call, that the entirety of the Brown saga since going to the Raiders is part of him trying to get released and sent to the Patriots? Well, Robert essentially slaps down that theory. He thinks that him and Rosenhaus, again, per his source, once things started going bad for the Raiders... Started to put out feelers. And backup plans. And he, he says, and again, I'll, we'll play the call. The call will be on the, all the audio for the podcast. We're just not going to have it here on the YouTube version. Basically, once he wanted to get out of there for sure, that's why what Robert said makes sense. That's why he's so happy when, when he realizes he's not going to have a team. Robert's point is, dude, you're not going to be dancing around putting a video if you just lost $15 million. Right. But if you know you're going to get that money right back and go to the Patriots, you are going to be dancing. So, if then, you know, it's not the Bengals, it's not the Jets, it's not the Panthers, it's not the Falcons, it's the Patriots, there is an insinuation that the Patriots, of all teams, had tampered with a Raiders player, in essence, having some sort of penciled, contract situation where he knows if he gets released he already knows what he's getting and who he's getting it from yeah there's there's a lot of conspiracies going on here and obviously where there's smoke there's fire and we discussed that in the call it does get a little difficult i think joe to understand this whole tampering because i think tampering happens all the time in all the sports with all the teams right everybody cheats but i do think tampering does happen a lot right uh, yeah, but yeah, the, the call is real interesting, and I think everybody will enjoy it. It's wild. Well, can't wait to listen to it. Hey, Robert, can you hear me? 
Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Dude, this is nuts. It's crazy, right? <laughs> Good for business. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to be loving it for your website, right? Yeah, I, I stepped out. Like, I thought it was over. I'm like, well, you know, he's definitely probably not getting signed today. I figured maybe it would be after, you know, week one. And then literally, as soon as I walked out of the, the house... Uh, the Patriots thing went down, and then that's when I got the text messages talking about, you know, oh, they think it's some sort of collusion going on. So take me through, like, what what are you seeing? I know you have an inside track on everything, and you have a lot of connections, which you've discussed on our show. Like, what are people saying that the Patriots basically did, or Antonio Brown or Drew Rosenhaus? What, what's What's everyone saying? So here's, here's what the, uh, my friend at the, uh, the, the league offices said. Um, he believes that yesterday, so when all of the stuff comes down with Mayock and, and all of the stuff and, and, and it looks like he's going to be suspended, possibly released, Rosenhaus uh, immediately starts to go into, you know, damage control. Like if he gets released is, you know, who's, you know, who would be interested who would be, you know, interested in, in taking them on and all of that stuff. And he believes at some point he would, they were told or the Rosenhaus was told or AB was told that, hey, if he does get released, then it's, you know, the Patriots would be interested. Didn't say, you know, where he thinks he got that information from. But then the thing was they were going to go back, according to the, my source, AB was fine with going back as long as the contract was the same. But at that point, the Raiders, after I guess telling them that the contract was going to be the same, came back and was like, we're finding you a bunch of money and we're voiding out all your guarantees so we can cut you at any time and we won't give you any termination pay if we cut you so we won't you know, give you the money that you're owed um, or anything. And at that point... That's when AB was like, you know something, I'm out of here. I want to, I want to get cut, and that's why he was so excited in that video because he knew that from what they, I guess, been told that at least the Patriots had some interest. I mean, I don't know if it was a guarantee. I don't know, if, you know, it was a wink, wink. Uh, but he knew that the Patriots had some interest, and from the time that he was released this morning. Uh, they've been, I guess, working on the, the, the deal to try to get him the exact amount of money that he got before. <laughs> so what is, do you know the official league rules on tampering on that sort of matter? Like, 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 is, is there anything that the Patriots could have done? Cause we all know their history. I mean, it's, they'll do whatever they need to do to win games. You know, what is like the official yeah. rules? you can't obviously tamper with a player that's under contract. So any communications that they would have had with him while he was still under contract with the Raiders uh, would have been a violation, but you know, these things happen, you know, all the time, you know, get cut, this happens. I'm going to try to take a look at you uh, and stuff. So unless they have like a smoking gun, I mean, unless Antonio Brown, you know, posts the conversation of him and Bill Belichick, I don't think there's much that the uh, the NFL could do. So, the the conspiracy is basically that this 
idea of him going to the Patriots just happened within the last couple of days, correct? Like this yeah, is yeah, yeah. This yeah. is this not, isn't a long term play. This wasn't no, like, no, 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 no. Okay. no this, not, this is it's not like you know from the time that we were talking about the helmets and heat and stuff like that. No, to my understanding, from what I've been told, is that if it did happen, because like I said, it's just someone at the league that is you know believes that it something happened. If it did happen, it it only started to happen once the whole thing with Mayock uh, went down. Uh, once that part went down and it looked like they were going to suspend him, possibly release him, Rosenhaus uh, was doing his job as an agent and checking around the league to see who may be interested um, in his services. Gotcha. Wow. And, and What all- type of information? But he obviously, yeah. I was gonna say, in all these jokes that everybody's been saying for, uh-huh. for weeks, right? We see them. We're, we're all on the social media. All these jokes yeah. about him going to the Patriots actually happened. Right. right, right. So at some point, and honestly, I believe my source because I don't think he would just say it just to say it. I think at some point, you know, maybe they didn't say, "Hey, a hundred percent." They didn't say, you know, whatever. But someone put in Rosen houses and and and. Antonio Brown's ear that if he was to get released, that there will be a landing place for him because I really can't see him knowing that there's $15 million on the table with the Raiders. If he just walks away, I can't see him just walking away and without having some sort of parachute, it just doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. And the fact that they signed him with the exact amount of money, gave him a signing bonus, and actually, I think his video of how happy, think about how happy he was when he was released. If you thought that you, you know, you was going to have to beg and plead to play for the vet minimum somewhere, would you be running around in your backyard and being so excited and everything? It, it, it seems to add up that they knew that if the Raiders were to get rid of him, uh, that he was going to have a soft landing spot. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Because in my head, I'm thinking that he is going to have to play for the league minimum. I was actually texting with my older, my older brother today about that. And we were, you know, we were speculating. And of course I had the Patriots on my list, but I said I, I said, you know, it'll be classic Belichick. He'll get he'll get, you know, pennies in the dollar for him at a reduced rate, but no, you know, as you're saying, his contract is basically the same contract for this season that he would have had with the Raiders had he actually played for them, which is the wild part of this whole situation. That's the crazy part. Like technically, even though his contract, you know, was, was guaranteed the salary, it was still, you know, game to game. Whereas the Patriots, you know, gave him $10 million, you know, basically right off the $9 million, $10 million right off the bat, you know, a check, you know, right off the bat that were, say for instance, he doesn't do anything wrong, but it's just a bad fit. And the Patriots decide to cut him. He still has $9 million in his pocket right now. So they're invested, you know, in this. Um, and to me, it just it just seems like he had to know that because you just wouldn't walk away and try, you know, not try to make it work with the Raiders unless you knew you were going to be in a better situation. And no one can argue that being with the Patriots, getting the same contract is a better situation than being, you know, with the Raiders, you know, you got Tom Brady and, as opposed to Derek Carr, you have a chance to win a championship. And honestly, for his brand, if he can keep his head straight, his brand explodes if he does well 
even more, you know, the whole narrative change if he helps the Patriots win. Uh, so to me, you know, unless he messes it up, it, this is definitely a win for Antonio Brown. Yeah, he basically he just you're like you're saying he's just got to keep his head straight. Now, in all your years in sports media, have you ever seen anything like this with a player, and especially in the last you know, 48 to 72 hours. Have you ever seen a whirlwind like this? Obviously, we've seen players, but anything that compares to this? Um, Not in the, not in the NFL, because the NFL is a little more rigid in regards to player movement. So, you know, when they sign you, you know, either they cut you or they keep you. Is it, You don't really have a lot of control. You see this, like we talked about earlier, you see this more in the NBA where players can force their way out, force trades to a better you know, situation, uh, force, you know, the teams to kind of maneuver around them. You don't see it much uh, in the NFL. I think this is the first time I've seen something like this in the social media era where a player more or less has dictated his release to get on a better, you know, team. You, you don't see that very often in the NFL. Absolutely wild. I don't even know how you go to sleep because – I went to sleep last night and I woke up, uh, you know, with the tweets of he wants to be released. And, and it's like, well, am I just supposed to not sleep? Like, I can't even imagine from your end, you know, having a extremely popular website. Like, are you get any sleep these days? Thankfully, I have other, you know, people that, you know, help write for the site. Because last night, you know, everything was so crazy, you know, Friday uh, was so crazy that I was like, you know, I thought it was over. You know, I'm like, okay, he's going to play. Gruden is cool with the video. So I'm on the West Coast, so, you know, I'm a little behind. So I decided to sleep in. Now, sleeping in for me is like 9 o'clock a.m. on the West Coast. When I got up, I thought I had about 27 text messages in the morning. And honestly, my my fiance is at a bachelorette party. I thought something had happened. I yeah. thought she had got arrested or something. I'm like, why do I? Because, you know, like, yeah, everybody has a couple of men. You, have, you know, I mean, I mean, seriously, like over the, I mean, you know how many messages you normally get when you wake up in the morning. You yeah. know, some people get four, some people get seven. Like, you know, if you wake up, you got 27 and you don't normally get that any other day. Something's crazy is going on. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? I turn over, I'm feeling all refreshed. And I, I'm getting text messages from my report, you know, my other contributors. Like, A.B. did this, A.B. did that. I'm jumping out of bed. I don't have any clothes on. I'm hopping on the laptop. Uh, like I said, just even now, I, I did the interview with you. Um, and then I had to go. Like, I got to run some errands. I got to eat lunch or something. As soon as I, I swear, as soon as I back out of my garage, I see the alert. Uh, Antonio Brown, that is that is the Patriots. I'm like, I can't do anything. So it's, like, it's hard to, these days in our business, you and I, the way we cover sports, it's hard to take a day off. It's hard to take a, a half a day off, an hour off, without something crazy happening. I know. I know. Well, I know you're a busy guy, Robert. Always appreciate the time. Everybody, go to Black Sports Online. He's got all the inside track and the best headlines, as everybody knows. We're going to have to bring you back in person. I know you're about to get married, but once everything settles yeah. down, Robert, after the wedding, you got to come back to Venice Beach. Oh, yeah. I got to come back. I Absolutely. Got to get back there. The wedding is um, um, on October 20th. So I'm, all, I'm at the finish line. Trust me, it's a lot of. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm very happy to get married. Like, I, I'm, I'm like, she's the love of my life, and, and I can't imagine myself without her. 
But I can tell you one one reason why I never get married again is going through the wedding process. I would never wish that on anybody. It is not a, it is not an enjoyable thing to go through this process to, to do that. But I, I can't wait uh, for for her to officially be you know be my wife. Well, it sounds like your wedding process is every second of dealing with Antonio Brown <laughs> play, <laughs> playing for the Raiders. Well, Robert, it's always a pleasure having you on Dirty Sports. We'll bring you back soon, and uh, we'll be in touch on everything. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Thanks, man. You too. So Antonio Brown on the Patriots. You picked the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. You got to feel good about that pick right now. I am. I'm feeling good about the A-B uh, bets that I've been making. Imagine my mental psyche. Well, I, I, you know, I would almost think a little bit uh, the, like, I think it makes the Patriots Super Bowl favorites more so than it, it, you know, than it makes Antonio Brown some sort of like that he's going to go in and do what Randy Moss did and set a million records with Tom Brady. Like, I still think that there's, you know, the potential of Antonio Brown going like if Antonio Brown goes to the Patriots and is successful in terms of his mental stability and the way he handles being a Patriot. He might end up being like less productive than he has been. Well, he will. There's too, right? many, there's too many guys. There's too many guys. Tom Brady's not the kind of guy who just feeds one dude. Yeah. Um. So it, it's almost like you know the the Randy Moss, uh, what Randy Moss did when he went to the Patriots. It's almost like for the success of the Patriots, you probably don't want Antonio Brown to go do that. Yeah. So basically, we all watched the game last night. He's got. He already has some weapons. Yeah, he's got plenty of weapons. He's got Josh Gordon, Phil Dorsett, obviously James White coming out of the backfield who also catches the ball, even somebody like a Burkhead. He's got plenty of weapons. And now you just put A.B. in that mix. I think he gets 1,000 yards, but I wouldn't see that much more than that. Just like you're saying, there's only one football. Right. And unlike, you know, the the Tom Brady Super Bowl, like the Tom Brady, Randy Moss team, or even the Ben Roethlisberger, AB connection. It's like this sort of Antonio Brown's need, or the or those quarterbacks need to have a security blanket in one guy. I don't think, I don't, I honestly don't even think he becomes Tom Brady's security blanket. I don't think he jumps over an Edelman in terms yeah, of. Yeah, I didn't even mention. How crazy is that? Yeah. How crazy is that? I didn't even mention Julian Edelman right there. Yeah, I don't even think he jumps over the connection that Edelman and Brady have in terms of. But we'll see. One thing's for sure. I think it absolutely makes them Super Bowl favorites. Well, they are. I mean, they their their odds jumped big time in Las Vegas. I mean, the Patriots. They just are so goddamn good. Also, the Patriots are proof that like, if you believe in God, you're a clown. If you believe in karma, you're a clown. Like Bill Belichick's just fucking. You know, Bill Belichick stays pedal to the metal when it comes to just fucking. He's like, yeah, everybody fucking tampers. Why wouldn't I call them? It's like, and then, of course, the Patriots get them. Look, I'm not going to call tampering as quickly as you. I'll say this, though. Well, but you already did, essentially. It, you, you, you just said that the only reason he's not freaking out about losing $30 million is he already knows where he's going, and he already knows that he's essentially going to make the majority of that money back. We're assuming that. Right. The assumption could be wrong. It, it makes me, I hate to say it, you're not going to like this. And as I'm watching the Patriots game last night, 
it just makes me respect and revere that organization that much more. It doesn't matter. I'm not a hater. You know that. I've never been a Patriots hater. I love Belichick. I love the system. I actually watched, the NFL Network has this great documentary that you would hate it. It's called The Patriot Way, where they, they go in the game film in the room with, there's three parts. I watched one part with Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, and it's just, guys, they all buy in. What, what I just love about the Patriots is no one can emulate what they're doing because if you don't buy in, you're gone. Right. That's what I love. Even after the game, I watched all the interviews. Belichick wouldn't even talk about A.B. They do an interview on the field with one of the McCourty brothers. He, same thing. He's already bought in. They ask him about Antonio Brown. He straight up says, I want to talk about the players who play tonight. The, the system around that organization that Bill Belichick has set up is unlike any other. Yeah. And that's why I, I just can't ever hate on them, and I can't well, get I mean, angry. You can, you can, you can uh, appreciate and you can uh, know how great Belichick is as a coach, how he is as a motivator, how he, how he is at managing egos. And you can also hate that all that, and he put whipped cream and cherries on top of these Sundays that he built by breaking the rules and getting caught historically throughout his career it, as the Patriots head coach, GM, quarterback, like they've all been caught. And so that that's the thing is like you can appreciate, right, that, um, you know, in and out makes a better burger than Whataburger. You could be like, dude, the burger's just better. I like it better. But if you found out in and out was also poisoning the uh, milkshake machine so that that's why it's always broken when you go to Whataburger, you'd be like, well, guys, did you have to do that? We already think your burgers are better. But they're also putting sand in the milkshake machine. I mean, not sure if I if I t- technically agree with that analogy. But look, man, I, I, I don't know who's going to take them down. I tweeted this because I was curious during the game, and they ironically said it about 15 minutes later watching the game last night. The Patriots do not face a team who had a winning record last year. Well, Until November third, think about that. Yeah, but the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. We everybody knew the Patriots were going to make the playoffs. If you wanted to bet on the Patriots making the playoffs uh, before the season, you would have had to put up a lot of money to make a little bit of money on them on them making it. Uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a deep playoff team. If anybody or a Super Bowl team that beats the Patriots, this isn't going to be a team that beats the Patriots in. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated. Yeah. But I'm saying in terms of dethroning them, you know, it's going to be a Chiefs or it's going to be, a, you know, the NFC team in the Super Bowl or it's going to be, you know, like there's there's not a whole lot of possibilities. Well, the thing about the Patriots this year, and again, it's only— Or, or injuries, again. Sure. You know, knock on wood if you're with me. Uh, like there's always a chance Tom Brady shreds a knee. Sure. That'll take down the Patriots. Yeah. The defense, though, they have a great defense again. And again, it's only one game. But let's get let's get to this week's game before we do. And okay, let's go. Before we do that, do you, Julio? Let's just discuss, let's just discuss the other news. Okay. Involved. Julio Jones got a new deal, fully guaranteed, changing the basically the course of sixty six mil, sixty four guaranteed. Yeah, basically fully guaranteed. And good un- for Julio Jones. Unprecedented deal, and I agree. Good for Julio Jones. Do you want to discuss possible bet ideas before we recap the games? Sure. 
So everybody knows we have a bet every year. We've discussed it. We're trying to find a bet for this year. I tweeted out one idea, which I think a lot of people liked. I want your take. This is just an idea. The loser is not allowed to respond to anyone who responds to our tweets during the entire playoffs. So I like this. This would be really hard for me. Exactly. This is something I would not do. I'm not sure you would. You've already been saying that you're doing this. Like you're like, ah, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm not replying to people anymore. I'm like, this to me, I feel like would be very difficult for me and uh, something I wouldn't want to do because I actually take, I take some joy in, um, in replying to people. Yeah. Uh, and also like that, that has gone sideways. Like, it's now to the point for me with responding to people where like you're you're gonna get a couple of hurdles. Yeah. And then and then if you if you just blow through hurdles, if you refuse to jump them and you keep going, like I don't like these conversations that spin out of control. So from now on, my thing is like you you've got three or four chances and then you're blocked. Like yesterday we got into it with a dirt ball, but then uh, I, I think it was yesterday evening or today. I was talking with another dirt ball. I think it was maybe this morning. Talking with another dirt ball, Holt something, totally cordial, totally candid. He's like, "You don't really like Eli Manning, do you?" I was like, "Yeah. Here's why. Here's the situation with them." Blah blah blah. And then he goes, "Well, you know, he makes this point." And I go, "Well, that's not true. That's not how the NFL works." And then he goes, "Yeah." Well, and I go, "No, that's not true. That's not how the NFL works." And then he just spins out of control. And then it's, fuck you, good luck with a quarterback from fucking Duke, fuck your, fuck, fuck your team, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, all right, well, I'm done with you. So now my thing is, I, I enjoy talking sports. I think that's one thing that the Dirty Sports does better than any other podcast or any other show. We engage with we the engage, listeners. And I'm open to having the discussion yeah. with you. But, like, once I give you facts... Yeah, and you start moving the goalposts, and you start scrambling for shit. I I'm not doing that on Sunday anymore. Yeah, I'm not I, doing this on Sunday. I'm trying to watch games. I'm not going to watch you spin out of control and lose complete and total fucking just well like, control of your argument and your own personality. So you don't like my proposal? And again, my proposal is: let's say you write a tweet. I'll do it. But now, what are we going to do for you? Because you, uh, this will be way easier. I for agree. You. I agree. So once again. The proposal is if Joe loses during the entirety of the NFL playoffs, let's say he writes a tweet about Patrick Mahomes. If I write a tweet about anything, I'm not allowed to respond to anybody who responds to my tweets. Yeah. You just can't respond. I'm into that. Okay. It would be very hard for me to do. Yeah. A lot easier for me. I agree. It'd be a lot easier for me. Well, we so have. Maybe we'll, pu we'll pencil that one in and maybe we'll come up with a better Ruther side of the equation. We'll throw on the headphones real quick. Let's let's just play this call. We have a good call from uh, remember Reed from NorCal. Our, yeah, our Davis Dirtball. He le he left an interesting one for a possible bet idea, and uh, I'll play that. Hey, Dirty Sports. This is Reed, your self-proclaimed number one Davis, California Dirtball. So I have two reasons for calling. My first is to give a suggestion for the football bet this year. So election season is coming up, so I propose that the loser has to go to one Democratic rally and one Republican rally in opposite color gear. So wear Trump gear to a Democrat rally, wear Warren or some or Sanders gear, whatever, to a Trump rally. I think that's great. I think it's enough humiliation and possible danger that it's 
it's uh, bad for you guys, but also not so out there that it's going to cause you guys a bunch of money or something like that. Um, my next reason is I have a question. So I've seen several articles come out recently about bisexual or former or gay former NFL players talking about how they think there's a lot of gay players in the league. So my question is, which of the four major sports leagues in the United States will have a all-star level player come out first? My guess is the NBA, but you never know. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, love the show. And condoms are for Kobe Bryant because fuck Kobe Bryant. Bye. All right. So twofold. And obviously we can address the other thing now or at a different time. I, I think it's an interesting idea. What the, the, the bet idea? This one is more up the Andy Ruther alley. Yeah, so this is one, and we and we had talked about this with you wearing MAGA gear. You know, that was something that was not a bet, but like whatever happened, and, and it didn't it didn't end up going through. So how about this? Why don't I do the tweets and you go to the rallies? Is there a fear of my safety? I'm being dead serious. Uh, I don't think you have to worry, obviously, about. Are you? Being, have you seen videos? I'm saying I don't think you would have to worry about being a a. Uh, Bernie, like, like what you, you know? What are you gonna do? Well, you're gonna wear an Elizabeth Warren shirt to a Trump? Like, I don't. I just think Trump's base is so like fucking up Trump's dick. I do think you'd have to worry about some maybe some Antifa punchings. Yeah. If you go to a, if you go to a, whoever rally as a with a Make America Great Again. Can I think on. about this one? Sure. Before I commit. Okay. It's a good idea though. I like Reed's idea, and uh, on his second part of his question. I agree with him. I think it would be NBA. I think there's basically only two options. It's going to be either NBA or NFL. NFL just strictly on numbers. There's 53 guys on a team. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's way more people to potentially come out, and you know, and maybe maybe somebody comes out that's not a, uh, you know, doesn't have to worry about where it makes them in in terms of like the locker room, a punter, a kicker, you know, whatever, uh, a special teamer. Something like that, just from a numbers issue. But if I had to bet, I'd bet NBA because I just think NBA is the most woke league. Yeah, and uh, and that, and I say that in a good way. Sure, I, I I'd have to bet sometimes, NBA. Sometimes people use woke these days as like a diss. I, I actually think the NBA is the most woke league in a positive way. They're the ones that care the most about how yeah. the players are treated. How their how their fans are treated, how their how the sport is around the world. They're not just like fuck everybody else. This is a fuck America's game. Feeling like you can suck our dick. Well, and also the fans. Yeah, the, the NBA fans seem way more accepting. And again, you see this all the time on Twitter with the NFL. We're just in an odd time in this place for the world when people just they just don't want to accept facts which is which is just a wild time that we well, live. well i mean and that i think is we go we go back to uh we go back to the question you know of me responding to tweets and stuff and that's I, i'm saying this because i will repeat i like interacting with our fans i like that fans go hey prano what do you think about this or uh, if i put out a tweet they go hey when you said that, do you mean like I like going back and forth with our fans? I like going back and forth with people on Twitter. I even put up like you know that the biweekly Kaepernick tweet simply to engage people who don't you know who are living without facts um, and go actually you know he never got a contract that's completely false. He never had one offered to him. Like I like 
also dropping facts on people. But I am repeating this for the fans of ours that do want to engage. You know, uh, the people like we had fans, quote unquote, fans that were so turned to engage with me yesterday, and suddenly they don't want to be fucking fans of the show anymore. If you want to get in my mentions, I will respond to you unless I lose this bet. But once I, you know, prove you right, prove you wrong, whatever, once, you know, I bring facts to the table and you ignore them, at this point, you're gone. I don't yeah. spend Sundays anymore playing your fantasy game. No, I agree. And I think that's for – you should have that approach to all things, not just sports. I told you, you know uh, – I'm just I, I'm just blocking people. If 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 if, if I come, at, it's like it's like that person who you come at somebody with something and they come back with a fact. You're just like, I just I I don't have time for this. I'm too busy watching these goddamn games. Which, by the way, I loved yesterday. Didn't leave my apartment. Didn't leave my apartment. Woke up at about 7:45 a.m. Put on my my boys on the NFL Network. Didn't leave until I went to In and Out at 11. I even had to watch the post game. 11 p.m. 11 p.m. I even yeah. had to watch the post wrap with my boy Deion Sanders on Game Day Prime on the NFL Network. Okay, so let's circle back to Thursday. We're going to recap the games that we like yep. or that we watched, that we actually watched, guys, not box scores. Yeah. The games we watched. And I, and I have no problem saying, oh, I didn't really watch that game, so I don't have an opinion. Uh, but I Some sh- people should t- follow your lead on that and say, you know, you watched it, I didn't. I shouldn't try to weigh in with what you saw, with yeah. what I saw in a box score. More people should do that. Yeah, I agree. I and mean, I think more sports commentators should too. Anyway, Bears-Packers, we both watched it Thursday night. Very low-scoring game. Bears couldn't even get a touchdown. Packers win 10-3. Give me your thoughts, Joe Prano. Well, I said Packers win that game outright. That was my very first of my new three pick of the week for Joe Prano, which I'll be doing on at Joe Prano on Instagram. My very first one, the Packers were money line, paid you a plus 150, and Packers win. Um, I am on the Packers. I'm on the Packers for one reason. Well, I'm on the Packers for two reasons. One is Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is still the best quarterback in the NFL. And two, Mike McCarthy, who is a gigantic boob, who I can go – Fact after fact after fact of all the ways that he let that team down over the years is gone. I think this is an addition by subtraction. I think this is this is play let's make a deal. Right now you're holding $50 cash. Do you want what's behind door number one, door number two, or door number three? Sometimes you open up door number two and it's, you know, 200 pounds of manure. I'll take door number yeah. two over Mike McCarthy. I will take an unknown, unproven, no experience whatsoever head coach over a head coach whose experience was being really, 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 really bad at coaching the Packers and really bad at coaching Aaron Rodgers. So I like the Packers. Suddenly, woo, look at this. Their defense plays well. Suddenly, they're fucking beating the Bears on the road to open the season. Pretty good fucking start. Defense looked great. I couldn't have been more wrong. I said on the pre-show, or I'm sorry, the NFL preview show, who's playing defense? Well, again, it's only one game. It's only one game, but also from year to year in the NFL, everything changes. I agree. The idea that the Packers didn't have a good defense last year and therefore won't have a good defense this year, almost completely unrelated. D looked great. I'm not as far on Aaron Rodgers as you are. 
I think he's still great, but I'll be honest, man. He holds you talk about Russell Wilson, he holds the ball a lot. And I've noticed that. He missed a few throws. Aaron Rodgers also, first of all, Aaron Rodgers He got can, sacked a lot. Aaron Rodgers can hold the ball. Uh and and like any good quarterback, every every quarterback ever, the more pressure you're getting, the harder it's going to be. Uh the Bears defense is not any worse than they were. The no. Bears defense Phenomenal. is legit as fuck. Yeah. They got after him, but he made adjustments in that game and looked way better later in the game than he did early against that defense. Also, Aaron Rodgers played not a single snap of the preseason. Aaron Rodgers has a new coach. Aaron Rodgers has, you know, some sort of new offensive system. I'm not sure that they completely redid it. But, yeah. But just in, like, even in the small intricacies of the game, he threw a jump ball to Jimmy Graham. It was a great. It was a great throw. Yeah. When's the last time he threw a jump ball to Jimmy Graham? When Jimmy Graham went to the Packers, I said Jimmy Graham's going to score 20 touchdowns this season. Jimmy Graham he is, do anything ob- last is year. obviously getting older, yeah. and he might not be a 20-touchdown guy anymore, but the idea that you have this fucking gigantic basketball player, Mike McCarthy never used him once, ever. Uh, I think the Packers are going to be really good. Okay. I think Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur are going to grow together. I predicted that Aaron Rodgers will be the MVP of the league. If, yeah. If Patrick Mahomes keeps doing Patrick Mahomes things, it's going to be tough to beat him. But uh, I just think that they're going to be way better. And I know it was a 10-3 game, and I know Mitchell Trubisky played like trash, but still medium pizza. He still won against the Bears with their defense playing fucking great. And if you're a Bears fan, again, it's only one game. I just I'm going to keep reiterating that. The entire recap that we do, this is only one game, but he's got to play better. He just does. And if I'm a Bears fan, I'm worried. He honestly doesn't even have to play that much better in that game to win. Yeah. But he played bad, bad. He's got to play better. He played like a small pizza in Small that game. pizza. He missed numerous throws. You know what he played like? Remember when you were a kid and you did the Pizza Hut things, the book read Pizza Hut things? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And if you read enough books in grade school... You got a personal pan. Yep. He's a he's a personal pan pizza. Yeah. Yeah. He played bad. He missed a ton of throws. And honestly, I know everybody's on Matt Nagy is this fucking genius, but stop running the option with your starting quarterback. And give Tariq uh, and give Tariq Cohen the yeah. ball occasionally. Uh, and just also like I I don't think in the long run, like, oh, look at Trubisky. He's gonna run the fucking option. He's gonna break out and run scramble for yards. Like in the end, that's not going to end up well yeah. for you guys focus more on making sure this get this guy some early easy completions instead of early easy yards running the fucking rpo yeah and, and breaking off down the you know uh, uncovered for an eight yard game Ooh, scrambled for 12 yards look at that so athletic he also missed a ton of wide open guys yeah all right let's move on sunday's games rams panthers of course i watched the entire game I have a lot of opinions on this. Both both Cam and Goff played medium pizzas. Yep. This was medium pizza bowl. Yep. I was not impressed by either. Both missed a lot of throws, a lot of open targets from both quarterbacks. And I just want to say this right now on Dirty Sports. I love Utah Gurley. You were so exciting to watch. I've enjoyed you the last few years along with many other NFL fans. But you're going to take that torch and you're going to hand it to Christian McCaffrey 
because Gurley is banged up. He has Arthur. The torch of what? The best running back in football? The torch of the two-way running back that's a top three running back. You got to give it to Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey looked amazing yesterday, and Todd Gurley is hurt. And what should be concerning for anybody who's a Rams fan is we're not talking coming back from ACL tell. We're talking about arthritis in your knee. That doesn't go away, guys. Yeah. This is a serious injury that's going to continue to linger. He picked it up in the second half. He was definitely not as explosive as he normally is. They were giving uh, Malcolm Brown a lot of lot of looks. They basically split time. Yeah. And Brown played well. Yeah. I believe he had like 50-something yards on 11 carries. Uh, it's a shame to see. The Rams are still loaded. Yeah, the Rams are still loaded. But the the problem with Goff the last couple of years is I've never seen Goff, like here and there, I'm not, I don't want to say he's never done it, but I, rarely do I see Goff make a throw. I go, damn, man, that throw, that's a throw yeah. not a lot of quarterbacks make. Like Goff has been great over the past couple of years in McVay's offense of the, the play designs are so great. So good. Guys are wide open. Multiple guys are open. He he just has to decide which one's more open, and he's delivered. Now, again, like you said, it's game one. It's week one. A lot of rust getting off. A lot of first time some of these guys are doing things at full speed this year. He didn't play all preseason either. Right. But he they didn't. also didn't last year. Right. But uh, Goff looked bad. But, I, but it's really going to be about Goff just has to make – those easy throws. I agree. And Cam Newton, I've, I've, my Cam Newton stock has long sold. I've long sold my Cam Newton stock. Uh, Cam Newton is the Steph Curry of the NFL. Every time he plays well, he's Superman. Every time he's overthrowing receivers and not converting on third down, his, 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 there's something wrong with his shoulder. Uh, Did you see his outfit, by the way? I don't even want to talk. His, like, let's not get distracted by how bad Cam Newton has been by talking about his outfit. I said last year, and you were, you were criti- critical of me last year, and I'll say it again. The Panthers need another option at quarterback. They need to start thinking about well, it. Well, here's what I think they need. They need, they, need, they need help at receiver, too. He's not exactly throwing the ball. He's got no vertical threats right now. You, know, Greg Olson's good. He's not a vertical threat. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey's good. But look, I agree with you. Cam needs to step it up. He needs an Amendola. He needs an Edelman. He needs a fucking James White. He needs a. No, uh, this, this is what Cam needs to do. He needs like a Sammy Watkins, who is terrible until he starts got with Mahomes. He needs a uh, you know a Cole Beasley. He needs the. He needs, stop. He needs a Marquise Colston. He needs a. This is my take on Cam. My take, my point is, I love Christian my McCaffrey. Point is, great quarterbacks turn guys you've never fucking heard of and will never hear of again into receivers. And Cam Newton turns guys who are like, oh, Kel- Kelvin Benjamin's a bust. It's like, well, maybe. Well, I think, or maybe he's just never turned a single receiver into fucking a great receiver. I think the circle back to Christian McCaffrey. I love McCaffrey. Yeah. To me, he's he's great. I said, you know, he's about to take that torch to be a top three running back, but. You watched that game yesterday. Cam continues to check down too much and just do a dump off to Christian because he knows, obviously. And also, he's not accurate downfield. He struggles downfield. He's not accurate. He's not an accurate passer. Yeah. Okay. And and again, I have said this before and I'll say it again. The the thing with Newton is it's very very Dwight Howard-like to me. 
as your as your ability to also play full time tailback starts to wane, are you as valuable to that Panthers team as you were when you were scoring fourteen touchdowns a game on the ground, where you were the first option? for that team on third and one, on fourth and one, on third and two. Now they have McCaffrey, so maybe he doesn't have to be that option now, and he had to in the past, but is this the style of play that you're riding? Like, how long do you ride with that style of play where you're essentially doing the NFL version of dumping it into the post to Dwight Howard? Well, this is the year. This really is. I think I think you're right. This is the telltale year for the Panthers on the future at the quarterback situation. Okay, moving on. Titans-Browns, another game I watched from start until, until finish. It's a good game to start. Baker Mayfield absolutely imploded in the second half. The Browns as a team, and this was my concern. Yeah, I think Baker Mayfield did warn some of the people in the first couple rows of the field that he was feeling dangerous that day. So oh, I think he did? they were all on the lookout yeah. for some errant passes. That he was feeling dangerous. But I did say, Joe, remember what I said. I've been saying this forever. The coaching situation, and again, I know it's only one game, and this isn't me saying the Browns are going to suck or that Baker's not going to have a great year. I'm not saying any of those things. But my biggest concern was coaching. And when you have 178 penalty yards, the most penalty yards the Browns have had since, I believe, 1951, that is on coaching for me. Discipline, those sort of matters, comes down to coaching. You have an unknown head coach dealing with a lot of big personalities on both sides of the ball. And, you know, they lost their cool. Yeah. And you have on the other side a guy like Vrabel who says, We're, we, know, we know what we are. The Patriot way. Well, I'm not going to call them the Patriot way, but they know what they are. They know that they have uh, a good running game and a good defense. And I, I think a lot of people, to be honest, are disrespecting the Titans. You've disrespected the Titans for years. I agree. <laughs> okay. But I'm saying a lot of people are disrespecting them today. Yeah. It's all about the Browns suck, the Browns suck. Yes, I agree. I agree. It's like the Browns suck, but like they got blown the fuck out. They lost by 30 points at home. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think the Titans have been disrespected for a, a few years now. Um, but, you know, they're, they're disrespected by maybe me being a guy who is riding on them uh, the last couple of years, and then I've got them, you know, behind everybody in the AFC South. I'm a Mariota supporter. Yeah. I'm a Vrabel supporter. I think think Derrick Henry's great. I think that they've done it the right way. You know, it just didn't seem like, just maybe still doesn't seem like they have enough playmakers on yeah. the offensive side of the ball. But when you look at it, if they're playing that kind of defense, yeah, you don't need that many playmakers on the other side of the ball. That's a very, hate to say it, that's a very Seahaw, early Seahawks success. You've got a bruising running back. You've got a great defense. Who gives a fuck who your wide receivers are? You've got uh, the tight end that, they, that always ends up getting fucking a touchdown a game. Lenny Walker? Yeah. Like, they're, they're, going, they're going old school. I like it. And I enjoyed watching that game. It was fun to watch. Baker missed a lot of throws. What's going to be interesting about Baker's development is... He has signs of being really great, but then like yesterday, when he gets behind, he starts forcing it. And that's where he started throwing interceptions. And I just want to bring up their schedule real quick, which I have up here. Yeah. Because this is so important for the Browns season. I, again, it's only one game, but their next four games, at Jets, 
Rams at home. I believe that's a Monday night football game. At Ravens, at 49ers. So three of your next four are on the road. Yep. Realistically, I know it's only one game. How many of those do they win? At think, Jets, Rams, at Ravens, at 49ers. I think they win. I think they go two and two. They I, have to go two and two, in and, my opinion. And they're two and three. If yeah. they don't go two and two. Gonna, I think the Rams, even at home, is going to be a tough game. Sure. Um, I think at Ravens is going to a, a road game in the division is going to be super tough. I don't love what the Jets did yesterday. That's for sure. And uh, the 49ers looked better than I thought they would. But also, you know, talk about, you know, uh, not giving credit where credit is like how much of that the 49ers and how much is that still Jameis Winston is an absolute fucking. Yeah. I mean, Jamarcus Winston. We'll get there. But if I'm a Browns fan. I agree with you. They have to go at least two and two. If the if the Browns go one and three, I, I'm already gonna say season done in the next four games. Those aren't the easiest. Those aren't the hardest. But they're gonna be tough games, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you look at that and you go, like, I think they take care of business against the Jets. Yeah. the The thing is, if you lose a game, you're not supposed to in there. If you lose at the 49ers. If you lose at the Jets, even like and and by the way, I don't. It's not going to be a walk in the park for them at Jets. No. But if you lose either of those games, you're really putting yourself in a fucking bad position. Even going forward, that's just like a loss you shouldn't have. Yeah, I so. agree. I'm sticking by my nine and seven, Cleveland Browns this year. Okay, Chiefs Jags. Watched a fair amount of that on my screen. What can you say, Patrick Mahomes? Amazing. Sammy Watkins tore it up. It sucks. Nick Foles had an amazing pass on that touchdown. Is there, is there any uh, is there any Ruth or curse here? Pick the Jags. Pick, pick the Jags to win the division. You picked them too. I picked the Jags to go to, to but, the AFC Championship. Yeah. And you also said that Nick Foles' season was going to prove why the Eagles should have kept him. I agree. Because you said Wentz was going to get hurt. I agree. Oh, the Wentz we- plays great, and fucking Foles gets hurt week one. I know. And Foles is out indefinitely. Crushing for me. Ruther, you are, I mean, this curse is unbelievable at this point. My apologies to Nick Foles. Good news, he still has a giant dick. <laughs> that is good news. Yeah. Although, the kid from, I forget his name, Winshrew, the kid from Washington State? Yeah. He played pretty well. Played well, but, you know... I know you have up there, Chiefs didn't miss a beat, but like while Foles went in there, you're like, okay, this is going to be a game. I agree. It's going to be a fun game. I agree. Like, I, I don't know if I was like, oh, like watching the early minutes of that game, I wasn't like, ooh, Jags are going to win this game, but I was like, ooh, Jags could win this game. Yeah, I and, agree. I think if if Foles stays in there, it's a completely different game. And, and, and they, for the most part, hung in there with the backup. Can we talk about that stadium? Did you see the stadium? Yeah. All Chiefs fans. Move the Jags from Jacksonville. That entire stadium. And we're talking Kansas City fans. You know, we're talking people came all the way from the Midwest. Because go- because it's probably cheaper to fly to Jacksonville and buy tickets to the Jags game than it is to go to a game in Kansas City. <laughs> I'm serious. I bet you it, I bet you it's close. Yeah. Chiefs seat Chiefs seats are not cheap. Yeah. So, R.I.P. Jags, Ruther cursed, Ravens, Dolphins. Lamar Jackson has heard us talking, Joe Prano. I know. Mostly you, by the way. Yeah. 
You have been critical, saying he runs a high school style offense. Well, th- th- a couple things. First of all, the the Dolphins got blown out so much they actually ended up taking Fitzpatrick out of the game. This is my I I won the Packers money line bet. I won the Rams cover bet. We were fucking cruising right up until Ravens Dolphins. Uh, I had Fitzpatrick with more completions than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson only completes like 17 passes or something like that, and they still don't get there because they fucking Fitzpatrick comes out of the game because they're getting boat raced. Now, I think this is you. You have to look. You have to weigh things sort of evenly here. Absolutely, Lamar Jackson looked better than I thought he would. Yeah, I don't think that there's uh, there anybody would have ever guessed that. Lamar Jackson would throw four, five, touchdowns. five touchdowns in a game. Nor that any quarterback in the league is going to throw five touchdowns this year on like 19 completions or whatever he 17 had. of 20 was his stat yeah. line. Yeah. Seven, so, you know, a third of his passes completed were, we're completed not, for touchdowns. And we're not just talking these guys, not to take anything away from Lamar, were completely open. I mean, I've never seen – it's kind of like when I was watching Deion Sanders last night when they were showing the highlights saying – Dude, when you're in the NFL, how can you let wide receivers get that open? Like, it's uncalled for. And and that's the thing. is like, you got to give credit where credit's due to how he played, to how Dak played. But I'm also not suddenly going, like, hand these guys $40 million a year because they can complete passes to guys who are wide the fuck open. Yeah. Like, it was an embarrassing performance by the Dolphins. Multiple Dolphins players wake up this morning and... And or even apparently before they even went to sleep yesterday, demanding to be traded. Um, I've heard I've heard something, and I don't want to really take this mood and make it a buzzkill. I've heard former Dirtball Mac uh, is on suicide watch. Oh, I thought I I yelled at him to kill himself for years. I thought that would have thought we'd have already done that. I, I believe he watched this game, and uh, he has now barricaded himself. To a, a local pier in in uh, South Beach, hoping that a hurricane ends his life, or he's just sitting by the window and not boarding them up. <laughs> I like the dramatic effect. Yeah. Uh the the Dolphins are real, 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 real bad. Serious question. Yeah. The over under was four, or four and a half. I said under. I'm gonna I'm gonna move. I'm gonna drop that line all the way down to three. I'm fine with that because the the issue with watching that Dolphins game and I and I only watched you know it was on I was at a bar I was watching all these games at yeah. once and that game was out of control I agree really early but like it it is a thing where I think guys want to leave because there's only so little effort you can give before you're like this is just bad for me as like a person well. There's a huge difference. But they, they showed little effort. They really didn't seem like they were fucking – like they, they, they showed up almost like resigned to this is how their season was going to go. Well, there's a big difference between tanking in baseball and basketball and NFL. Then the difference is this. When you tank in the NFL, you're risking bodily harm. And that's why I think it's, it's really hard. And maybe that's why the DBs were, were just not even trying. Yeah, it's really hard – to tank in the NFL safely, and that's why, yeah, it just seemed like they were resigned to being the worst team in football, and it's like on any given Sunday, anything like the idea that everybody thinks the Dolphins are going to be that, you would have thought that 
This is why I picked the Dolphins in this game. Because it was like everybody's saying they're going to be bad. They must be sick of hearing that. They're going to come out and fucking play well. Do I think that the Dolphins are better than the Ravens? Of course not. Do I think the Dolphins are six points worse than the Ravens? Of course not. I think they're 15 points. But I was like, they must be sick of hearing it. They came out like, guys, you should have made us 40 point under. Yeah. They, they, it was almost like they were resigned to just being the worst team in football the second they walked on the field. I was like, man, this isn't even really good for football. 59. How many do the Patriots put up against them this week? It's in Miami. 45. Yeah. I agree. Or with Antonio Brown, 70. I mean, it's going to get interesting, though, in the AFC North now. Pittsburgh gets destroyed. Cleveland gets destroyed. The Ravens, obviously, a lot worse team, but hey, it's going to be a good division. Okay, Falcons-Vikings, truth be told, didn't really watch this game. It's one of the few games I didn't really watch, even though I had it on my screen. I know Cousins only threw 10 passes, and they still won. Defense yeah. and running game. Yeah, another another game that I, I had on in the back. It was one of those games where you're like, it, it almost seemed like the game never really got started for either team. Now, you can credit the... Like you said, the Vikings defense for never letting the Falcons get started. But it just felt like it was it was like a a bad chess match. You know what I mean? Like one guy is is just dominating, but you still just have to watch it play out. Like yeah. early on in that game I was like, Ooh, Falcons, well, they laid a shit burger. Um I didn't get to watch a lot of the game in terms of like how the Vikings were getting off the field, how the Vikings were, but like I know the Vikings ran ran the shit out of the ball. I mean, if you went by two touchdowns and your quarterback throws ten times, yeah, your defense is playing great. Yeah, and you're controlling the ball. Yeah, and that's the formula for them under Zimmer. Yeah, it has to be run game, it, great defense, and it has to be the the strategy for them with Kirk Cousins. I've said that going back as far as we've been doing this show. If Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball 40 times, you're not winning. But this Kirk Cousins ain't good. But this model, you're right, for winning is exactly what they need to do. If they can just feed the ball to Dalvin Cook and play great defense, how many times have we seen it in the playoffs? From the Ravens to the Broncos to the Seahawks, teams that can play great D and run the ball win Super Bowls. Yep. All right, Jets, Bills, this just made me laugh. I wasn't paying too much attention to it. Jets going to Jets. Yeah. And then, of course, I watched. Once the Bills started coming back, I put the game on, started watching more of it. Classic Jets. 16-point lead. Yeah, and, and the Bills were doing nothing. And then the Bills win the game. Yeah, that's just... Jets going to Jet? Yeah, Jets going to Jet. I mean, I, I, I've heard Adam Gase... Is an offensive genius since his days uh, being <laughs> working with Jay Cutler, then bringing Jay Cutler into Miami. Like I, this, this has been one of the more humorous storylines in the NFL for a long time. People kept pointing to Jay Cutler and Gase's relationship. Yeah, it's like why these guys? It's like, is this good? Is this proof that anybody, either of these guys, belong? Yeah. Like, if you're tied to Jay Cutler, if that's like your thing, like, look what he did with Cutler. Cutler's out of football. Sure. Look what he did with Cutler. Um, 
it's it's been one of my and then his crazy eyes and uh yeah and and they scored a total of 16 points they scored none late you have Le'Veon bell yeah so jets gonna jets and now they get and what's the up with darnold what's up with Dar- where's this is the future this is the guy he's got to step it up again it's only one week but not a good start okay redskins this was going to be your big upset of the week you know, there's always that one crazy week one game that nobody expects. And I thought this was going to be it. Yeah. 21 nothing. 17, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was all Redskins early. Um, and then they just could not, like, they fell apart. They just could not keep up. The, the Eagles, you know, definitely took them some time to get going. Um, but, you, you know, you've got up there, Deshaun Jackson goes off. There was just... Epic breakdowns yeah. by the Redskins on on massive long plays. The, you know, De- Deshaun Jackson two huge touchdowns, and the Redskins can't you know get anything done after that. It's like you can't have huge mental lapses on defense and stop fucking playing well on offense because they played great out of the gate. Yeah, you know the Vernon Davis with an awesome catch and run. Can we talk about that? Yeah, that Vernon Davis catch down or touchdown catch. Wow. Yeah. And Keenum looked good. I think Keenum ended up throwing for how many yards? 380 or something like that. Yeah, like he had a, a great game. A bunch of yards. But they don't get the ball in the end zone late, and simultaneously they start giving up. I think uh, there's – you know, this showed me a lot of things. It showed me that I don't think the Redskins – I didn't think the Redskins were going to be good, but if they're doing that late in the game, that's kind of a sign to me that, like, yeah, they're going to struggle because – if you're playing well, you gotta you gotta close. Yeah, you know, and they didn't. And the other thing is, I don't know. It did it did make the Eagles a little bit suspect to me. Yeah, it made the, the fact that the Redskins were in that game for as long as they were. They come back to get a backdoor cover, and also, I've I've seen watched Deshaun Jackson do this on the Eagles in my division years ago. Redskins on the Redskins in my division. You're good for one Deshaun Jackson, 170 yards on six catches, super game. Now, what it, what happens when Deshaun Jackson disappears for the next eight weeks? Because that's what he has done his entire career. Now, maybe he won't with Wentz, but I've seen it before. Yeah, I've seen Deshaun Jackson is the greatest receiver in the history of football. Deshaun Jackson's, but you know, had 70 catches in a season like twice. Yeah, he's very. He, you're right. He's good for going off on like a game or two. Obviously, big downfield threat. Yeah. We got to address the whole thing with Mike Scott fighting Eagles fans. But I also, hold on. I also want to say this. This is where I get annoyed again. I'm going to actually stick up for the false information that's out there. Okay. Have you, you, I know you just drove back from San Diego. Yeah. There was not a casket. There was not a jersey with uh, Sean Taylor on the casket. I don't know what. So, so it's it, it was trending on Twitter. People they just don't want to look at facts. The reason that fight happened, there was a casket that Eagles fans had set up, and they had put a 1991 Redskins Super Bowl shirt over the casket. Okay. I don't know. Maybe did that symbolism of like the team died. After they won that Super Bowl with Mark Rippon, right? But all the rumors and all the fake idiots who, like, the picture's out there. 
or saying, I can't believe they did an actual casket with Sean Taylor, who we all know was murdered. It's just false information. Like it was, it was a top five trend, and, but it I found mean, me sticking up for Eagles fans because well, it's like, I mean, you're but you're sticking up for Eagles fans in like the misinformation. They had a casket with a Redskins jersey on it. They, no, it wasn't a jersey; it was a T-shirt. Okay, they had a casket. Somebody brought a casket to the game, put a Redskins T-shirt on the casket. Let's not forget the, how the story started. They're fighting physically, fighting. A guy who plays on the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not saying I agree with fighting a player. I'm just saying how dumb and fucking despicable are your fans. Like, I promise you this. I promise you. If fucking Frank Nilakina shows up to a Giants game in an Eagles jersey, people are going to be like, that dude's on the Knicks. But well, I don't think we have the full story. I don't know if Scott tried to fight them. I don't know. You think Scott tried to take on like a couple dozen Eagles fans? Look, uh, again, <laughs> I got to practice what I preach. You can't just jump to conclusions. I have not watched everything. It's not jumping to conclusions. You're using years, decades really, of evidence that Eagles fans are the worst. They try to fight their own guy. More evidence, by the way, that there's not a big crossover between Sixers fans and Eagles fans. Why? Well, <laughs> are you saying they're racist? One of those groups doesn't like those lazy NBA players who never play defense. And I just want to reiterate, it's cut cam season. We have a lot of new listeners since last year. What is the cut cam? Well, you guys know about the kiss cam. At Dirty Sports, we have something called the hashtag cut cam. If you see a fan wearing a jersey of a player that's not in the game, he is a cuck. For example, if someone showed up yesterday to the Panthers-Rams game in Carolina wearing a Baker Mayfield jersey, or, or let's... The one I tweeted out. A dirt ball was attending the Vikings-Falcons game in Minnesota and walking into the stadium was a cuck wearing a Baker Mayfield Browns jersey. Yeah. You are a cuck. Send us your pics. We retweet them. Your DM Mike us. Maycuck. Yeah, your Mike Maycuck. By the way, that's a great joke, Prano. I like Thank that you. joke. Yeah. So it's definitely cuck cam season. Yeah. All right. Spelled out season, S-E-A-S-O-N. Cut cam, season. I thought it's it was not, just... I it's thought not it was, season. It's not the zone. It's not pizzone. At this, Who's that a dig at? Is that Manziel at this point? I don't know. Just anybody who does season. Yeah. It's definitely prime cut cam season. Yeah. The NFL brings out all the cucks. And, like, if you want to cut cam bonanza, just go down to any any L.A. game. Yeah. Rams or Chargers? Okay, let's move on to the Chargers. Another game I watched basically from start to finish. I had I had the two screens. I had this, and I had the Cowboys on at this at this uh, juncture of the day. The Colts held their own. Yeah, they did. I thought Jacoby Brissett played pretty well. Yep. We've been critical. Uh, they mounted a comeback, a score, and a two-point conversion. Now Marlon Mack went off, rushed for over 170 yards. Uh, but I was pretty impressed with Brissett, I'll be honest. I was pretty impressed with him, too. 
look, I'm not saying that he's the reason they lost by any means, um, but they have a very, very, very good team. And, uh, you know, the difference between being a good team and being a great team in the NFL oftentimes has to do with that guy who's under center. Um, they had, you know, your boy Phillip Rivers came down in overtime. He played a great game. Came down in overtime, got a touchdown, ball game over. Uh, look, I have never said Jacoby Brissett is going to be the worst quarterback in NFL history, that he's going to be Nathan Peterman. But to me, the Colts were Super Bowl contenders and are now not Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. And also to me, even though it's one game, it's on the road, it's like, that's where Super Bowl contenders start, right? Super Bowl contenders start with beating a Super Bowl contender on the road in week one. That's, you know, I would love to see the Super Bowl winning or NFC or AFC championship teams or even fucking teams that played in those games the last couple of years that got off to slow starts. The Colts, they played a great game against the Chargers. They took a loss. Is it on Brissett? Absolutely not. Now let's see what happens going forward. Yeah. I think that he's the difference between them being with such a strong team. He's got a good running back. Being the difference. A very good defense. He's got some playmakers. I'm gonna I mean, let's let's I want I'd love to look at the Colts upcoming schedule. Week two. The Colts are at the Titans. Tough game. Colts at Titans. Andy Ruther, who wins that game? I'm going to go Tennessee based off week one. Then the Colts have a home game against the Falcons. The Colts have a home game against the Raiders. They the Colts have a road game against the Chiefs. Through the first five games, Chargers, Titans, Ravens, sorry, Chargers, Titans, Falcons, Raiders, Chiefs. I think they can beat the Falcons and the Raiders. I think they can start two and three. That's what I'm projecting. If you're on the Chargers, what do you do with the smell? Like Austin Eckler, I said it in our preview show. He's good. He looked really good again. I know Melvin Gordon has had a few good years. Over 150 total yards yesterday for Eckler. This is what I was talking about, man. I, like what? What is the need or the rush to pay Gordon? Well, Gordon, I think, is uh, an example of a guy really, really good running back. You know, I, I'm certainly not gonna diss Melvin Gordon, but you know, we've been talking about paying these running backs, not paying these running backs. I think the what I said last episode is you can't not pay. You just can't even you know. Ezekiel Elliott holds you hostage. You can't not pay Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, McCaffrey, Kamara, Le'Veon Bell. But after you fall out of that top group, the girly, you're not you're not putting Melvin Gordon in that group. No. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm not either. Why should I convince me? I should. No, I'm not. I'm not going to convince you because I agree. But a lot of people would. A lot of people would base it off stats. And the stats are there. That he is in that group of guys you just named. I'm not taking him over 
any of those guys. Zeke, Saquon, Kamara, who else? McCaffrey. Yeah, it'd be tough. And Le'Veon. Yeah. I just don't think he holds leverage in this situation. He doesn't hold leverage when the team's doing that, when, when Eckler's doing that without him. Yeah. All right. My hometown Bengals against. Oh, that's so funny. When you started with my and I was looking at Bengals Seahawks, I thought for sure you were going to say my Seahawks team. No, they're not my Seahawks team. I'm just a big fan of Russ. Another game I watched. I watched this game as well. Yeah, boy, Andy Dalton. He shredded the D. He threw for over 400 yards. I think that's the big question mark in this game. Their secondary? Is the defense of Seattle. If you're going to play a game like that against the Bengals, who a lot of people just think are not going to be good at all, Andy Dalton's going to throw for 400 yards. We were... I think everybody... Did you see how wide open some of those touchdowns were? Yeah, and I think everybody who's not a Russell Wilson slurper thinks that the key to this team is their defense being great again. Make the Seahawks D great again. Uh, That's, I mean, again, week one, Pete Carroll's a good coach. He's going to sort some shit out for sure, but their D's got to be better. I agree, but then I also have problems with the play calling again. Was Russ under pressure a lot? Yeah. So I mean, so was Dalton. They both got sacked, I think, four or five times each. But, dude, if you look at the numbers, he only throws the ball 20 times. He completes 14 passes. It's a high yard to completion ratio, 196 yards. This has been my problem. Um, who's the coordinator there? Shanahan? Mm-hmm. No. Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer. I always, those, those, those the families. The families, I always confuse. I think he's got to let Russ throw the ball more. So here's my... I have a problem with him only attempting 20 passes. Okay, but but so here's my problem with the this criticism of the Seahawks year in and year out, and everybody who wants to be Russell's top-five quarterback and everybody who wants to be Russell's an MVP candidate every year, all these people. Does anybody think Pete Carroll's not a great football coach? I think he is. Okay. So Pete Carroll is running this organization. Pete Carroll... Took him to the Super Bowl. Pete Carroll two won a Super, Super Bowl. Like, two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl. Pete Carroll knows what the fuck he's doing. Everybody says this. Every time the Seahawks don't play well or, or, or struggle or lose anything, the whole world goes, well, I just don't know why Russell Wilson doesn't throw the ball anymore. Do we think that Pete Carroll doesn't hear this do we think that Pete Carroll doesn't think about this do we think do, does anybody think that Brian Schottenheimer's gone rogue here and isn't running the kind of offense Pete Carroll wants running with Russell Wilson Russell Wilson goes to the Super Bowl and wins another Super Bowl as a game manager letting his defense do what the defense does being a ball control offense running the shit well, out of the ball yesterday the defense was not playing well and Andy Dalton throws for over 400 yards. Therefore, on a game like yesterday, let Russ rip the ball more. The numbers don't lie. When he throws it, 
They're doing well. Right. The numbers don't lie that Russell Wilson throws a ball, a great deep ball, especially coming off of play action, all set up by running the shit out of the ball a million times on first down and on second down so you can let it fly the 14 times on third down that you run a play action and get a guy downfield. I'm just saying, I don't know more about football than Pete Carroll. I don't even know more about football than Schottenheimer, whose whole family is involved in football. I know everybody wants to criticize him, but like, Everybody's been saying this forever. I know, but again, and it's like it's I just, fine. We can disagree. I, I just think on a game like yesterday, as a guy who likes Russell Wilson, I would like to see him throw the ball at least five to eight more times that game. That's just my take. It's fine. They won the now, game. Now, don't forget, though, my big criticism of Russell Wilson is how he handles pressure. He threw the ball 20 times. He got sacked how many? So, so what if he throws the ball f- 40 times? Are they winning a game with Russell Wilson getting sacked eight, nine, ten times in a game? Because that is the flip side of the coin, right? If we can't keep our quarterback upright when he drops back, how much can we drop him back? Fair? Fair. It's a fair assessment. So 14 for 20. And he's fucking sacked four times or five times or whatever it was. Yeah. Look, I think that there's a middle ground here, but I'll say it to the camera. I'll say it to you. I'll say it to everybody listening. The answer ain't turn Russell Wilson into Pat Mahomes. I'm not. Again, I'm not saying that. Right. I think we, you and I can find a medium ourselves as far as agreeing. I, I, I just, I just let the guy throw 25 times that game because the running game wasn't really working either. Nobody did well. I believe they rushed for like 70 yards. They just they weren't they weren't playing well as an offense on the whole. Uh let's get to your Giants Cowboys. But before we do that, Joe, I was on SeatGeek. I wanted to see the Rams games, and I was bummed because last episode I said, let's go to watch my hometown Bengals lose to the Rams. That game's in London. Yeah. So we're not going. We're not going. We're not going to London. But you said, I showed you the Rams schedule. I pulled up SeatGeek. I sent you a screenshot. And a game that you're circling that you said, that'd be a fun game because they also have a great fan base. Chicago Bears come out here to L.A. Yeah. I believe it's a Sunday or Monday night game. I think we, Monday night, we set up a tailgate. We order a shitload of medium pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> and we fucking, we have a fucking tri- Trubisky Goff medium pizza dirt ball meetup. I love this. We're going to call Pizza Hut, and they're going to be like, guys, why don't you just get 20 large pizzas instead of 40 and medium pizzas? Like, you don't yeah. get it. This is the medium pizza bowl. Yes, I love it. Maybe I'll, I'll send Chabelli's mom a text. You know, they already got the tailgate. Say, can we, can, we, can we team up with you for medium pizza bowl? So Dirtballs, meet us for the Bears-Rams game and get those tickets on SeatGeek. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. Okay. You started strong. It's a 7-7 game. And then the wheels. Well, it was a 7-0 game to start. You guys were up. Yeah. That's right. Because we the Giants. Saquon had a nice 56-yard run. Saquon fumbles, next carry, he fucking breaks off a huge run. 
Eli looks great. Giants score. Long drive, 7 nothing. Then in what ended up like in what ended up being the entire game, then like what killed me as a Giants fan is the next series the Cowboys come back. You force them to punt on series one. They come back on series two. And what you do is you just don't cover anybody. I don't care, by the way. As a Giants fan, I don't care if Dallas comes back and gets the seven points and ties this game and we're going. But you have to make them work for it. Yeah. And the problem with the Giants yesterday, and it's the only problem, regardless of what fucking clowns who used to listen to our podcast will tell you, is that the Giants defense didn't show up in terms of coaching, in terms of strategy, in terms of players. You're if you're gonna have rookie corners and rookie defensive backs out there, you also better have a fucking scheme. Yeah. You better have an idea of how to protect those guys in their week one, year one appearance in the NFL. You can't just be like, hey, go out there and guard fucking Amari Cooper. Like, what? I've never played a fucking down the level. They got embarrassed defensively. Their scheme was a joke. They got no defensive pressure on Dak. They did. And then you would think, all right, we're not blitzing a ton. We're not getting any pressure. At least guys are going to be covered. The guys are not even, guys aren't even making plays on Giants defenders. They're wide the fuck open. Yeah. And it wasn't wide just, open. It wasn't just one guy. That ball was spread around between Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb. Gallup. Gallup had like six catches for a hundred and blah, whatever. Jason Witten. Witten. Cooper that, goes over a hundred. They had three guys averaging. They had three guys with multiple catches averaging fucking over 17 yards a catch. They have two guys go over a hundred with touchdowns. Dak. They didn't even need Zeke yesterday. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not a fucking Dak slurper. I'm also not a Dak hater. He had a perfect rating yesterday. He played... Perfect, because he he literally made one good throw. Like, the rest of them, it's just like, these guys are wide the fuck open. Yeah. And that was it. Saquon looks great. The Giants' offense, like, their O-line still isn't what it should be. But they're improved, for sure. Their offensive line is improved, for sure. Dallas's crazy good defense and all the fucking pass rushers they have. They sack Eli Manning once on a play where... Sterling Shepard gets tackled in the end zone. I still don't understand. I don't know if you saw that play. I have yeah. no idea. Like, this was uh, – uh, it, it gave me flashbacks to the Saints-Rams game. Pereira comes back on and goes like, yeah, when the quarterback's out of the pocket, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, incidental contact is one thing. But And then he goes, but Sterling Shepard got tackled on that play. Eli's like, oh, fuck, my receiver just got tackled. He gets sacked. He fumbles. Um, that play was just, I don't know what the fucking refs were doing in that game. But besides that, Eli doesn't get sacked. He, like, I, I just don't know who you are if you watch week one of the NFL season and you dare come with the Eli Manning doesn't belong in the league anymore. Well, he belongs in the league more than Jameis Winston. He belongs in the league more than fucking Baker Mayfield. He belongs in the league more than... Ben Roethlisberger looked yesterday. He belongs in the league. There's a lot of guys who played a lot worse quarterback yesterday than fucking Eli Manning did, and everybody wants to put it all on him, and you're just a clown at this point if you're doing that. 
Well, I think the the problem that people don't understand is the whole game plan changes offensively when your defense can't stop anybody. So take yesterday, for example. When the Giants can't stop a single drive, I've never seen Dak look so good. And again, not to take anything, anything away from Dak. I've never, I've actually been a, a mostly a pretty big supporter of Dak. I like Dak's game. I think Dak might still to be determined as far as how good he can be. But it was just so and, easy. And, and, and if you listen to the game and if you watch, Troy Aikman... Everybody, everybody who knows kept anything. saying that over and over again. And, and you start. What kind of field position do you start with every time where you're just receiving a kick, and you're starting, you're starting at your own twenty. You yeah. know, it's a field possession game. A lot of times, if a team scores a ton of points, aka the fucking Ravens, they're getting stops. When the other team's coming out, they're getting the ball back at midfield. It's a short field. They go down and score. The Giants couldn't stop anybody. They're starting deep in their own territory every time because they can't fucking stop anybody. And if they do stop anybody, they're not stopping them before they get to midfield and able to punt and pin them. The Giants' D is the single sole reason they lost. Now, was there a horrific play call by Shermer? or whoever the fuck made that call, when they have third and one and they don't give it to Saquon, then they have fourth and one and they don't give it to Saquon? Yeah, but that was an ch- opportunity for them to potentially get back into a game that they were already out of. They were out of a game because their defense couldn't stop fucking anybody. Yeah. And they were only in it for a second because their offense played well. The, the wide receiver crew without Odell Beckham looked great. And that's without Golden Tate. Ingram played well. Uh, the fucking guy. Why am I Shepard? No, Shepard played okay. They didn't quite target in, uh, Shepard enough. Ingram played great. Uh, the fucking kid who wears twelve. He used to be on uh, the Broncos. Uh, had a couple of huge catches. Yeah, I forget his name too. Um. So the offense looked good. Saquon looked good. Saquon only gets eleven carries, but he goes for one hundred and twenty yards on eleven carries. Uh, yeah. Could they have gotten Saquon the ball more? Sure. Should they have thrown him the ball out of the backfield more? Yeah, maybe. Should they definitely have given him the ball on third and one and fourth and one? Absolutely. But the single sole reason the Giants lost is because their defense never even came close to uh, stopping anybody. They never were getting any pass rush. They never were seeming like they were going to force a turnover. They were not hitting guys hard enough to force a fumble. They weren't coming close to picking off passes because Dak never threw it once in the coverage. Well, from the Cowboys' point of view, I think they're going to be good, man. I I had them going to the Super Bowl. I think they're pretty stacked. I think they win that division, even with a healthy, healthy Carson Wentz. I'm, I'm, and obviously it's only one week, but I'm not backing down from my Cowboys. I think they're a good fucking team this year. And I never, ever, ever, if you listen to this show the last five years, pick the Cowboys to do anything. I like them. I still think the D is overrated. I think they're going to be fine. You know who's not going to be fun? Uh, against, against washed Eli Manning and a, a still suspect offensive line, you have to get to the quarterback more than the, than the Cowboys got to him yesterday. If you're going to beat the better teams in the league. Now, I think the Giants are better than a lot of people think they are, but I don't think the Giants are... Uh, 
I'm I'm the ultimate Giants homer, and I don't think the Giants are a playoff team. So Cowboys are gonna have to get a quarterback a little bit more if they're gonna make a serious run. Also, everybody was talking about Saquon Barkley doesn't get enough touches. He got a, he has 120 on 11. I know not every running back Saquon Barkley, but I think the Cowboys win 11 or more games. I think they're going to have a good year. All right. Lions, Cardinals. I didn't really watch too much of this until I watched the entire overtime. Lions going to Lion. Classic. Kyler Murray's throwing the ball 54 times. What are, look, I understand that you don't have the best team around you. You still have David Johnson. You got Larry Fitzgerald. 54 times in his rookie debut is well they, is what's his name they what's, also, it, what, they what's also, their coach's name why al- is his name they also had to reel off 18 straight points in the fourth quarter I think like so it's a lot of passing what's, what's the Texas Tech what's his name Kingsbury yeah is Cliff Kingsbury trying to get him killed yeah because he wasn't running the ball I don't no, know if you saw no He's throwing it He's having passes tipped to the line yeah uh yeah the the Cardinals are going to be a work in progress, but the Lions should be ashamed of themselves blowing that lead. Patricia should be ashamed of himself on the the they you know they have the play at the end of the game where they've iced the game and they call a timeout. They they ice their own quarterback. Yeah, it's bizarre, absolutely bizarre. Tug Coker joining us via text message. Cody Latimer. Ah. That was, the, that was the former Bronco turned giant. Who had a, I also, had I also, defense receiving game. I also peeked the YouTube comments. A lot of people said Tug is probably not happy that I'm cursing his Cowboys. Right, right. Lions. I, I just can't believe that game. Yeah. I did not really watch Bucks 49ers. Basically, did you have to. No, I didn't really watch it. I know Jameis played like dog shit. Every, you know, I I I I don't know if it's me. I didn't. I never bought into the Bucks because I think Jameis Winston is bad. I don't think the Bucks are going to be good this year. But I I'd like to apologize to the San Francisco 49ers. They're building something there, and the idea that they don't come out and beat fucking the Bucks in Week One that's that's on me. Jameis, <laughs> the, the, the Jamarcus Winston, Jamarcus Winston. Everybody knew. Everybody should have known that the Niners would go down there and beat the Bucks and Jamarcus Winston. Jamarcus Winston eating L's. This guy's stealing L's from fucking, you know. There were some bad passes. Stealing L's from fucking Publiques. Yeah. Maybe I spoke too soon. I was all all on the... uh, The Bucks? Well... You know, I, I had my faith in um, the coach. Arians. Bruce Arians. And and look, I have faith in Bruce Arians, too. Maybe he benches Jamarcus Winston. <laughs> Jamarcus Winston. What, at the, how big a bust can you be? Is Jamarcus, would you call Jameis Winston a bust? He's a bust right now. He's the number one overall pick. Who are uh, Jameis Winston defenders? Uh, slide into my mentions. I want to hear from you. I've been on this train for a while. Jameis Winston, trash. Yeah. Well, if you just look at that division. Okay, let's look at that division briefly. The starting quarterbacks. So you have Drew Brees, 
Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Jameis. He's by far the worst in that division. Yeah. Like, it's not even close. Yeah. He's inaccurate, and he's not a fucking tailback. You really going to take my my nickname, Black Bobby Boucher? You going to call him Jamarcus Winston now? Bobby Boucher took the fucking Southeast Louisiana fucking state <laughs> to the goddamn Gator Bowl. My mama said. It's a good point. It's kind of disrespectful. Yeah, to Bobby Boucher. Yeah. It's, I mean, and, and that's and that's a testament to where Jameis Winston's at in his career. It Comparing him to an illiterate redneck <laughs> linebacker, it's a little bit offensive to Bobby Boucher. Yeah. It's a good point. And the Sunday night game, which we kind of talked about, Steelers, Patriots. I, I just don't know what to say at this point, man. Like, Well, let's leave the Pats aside. Everybody knows. Let's talk about the Steelers. They looked bad. They looked bad offensively, bad defensively. It was too easy. I get that fucking the... The, you know, they got Juju to step in for Antonio Brown. They got Connor to step in for Le'Veon Bell. But, like, at what point do you go, yeah, in any given year when that, you know, when Le'Veon holds out or when fucking Antonio Brown's doing this or when, but, like, at some point it all adds up, right? I mean, yeah. their offense looked bad. Yeah. Really bad. Like, really what, what bad. Was, what were Roethlisberger's numbers for the, for the night? He got a lot of bullshit. Yards in the last half of the first quarter or fourth quarter. Yeah, but I believe Al. I think Al Michaels said something like that was his first pass past six yards. Twenty-seven for forty-seven in the second half for two seventy-six and a pick. It was so bad. I dozed off for about ten minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how bad that game was. I dozed off on the smut couch. For about 10 minutes in the second half. It was so boring. Yeah. And, and, and I got a question, Mike Tomlin, you know. They're down 20 to nothing. And they get close to scoring to start the second half. And this guy kicks a field goal. Dude, you're down almost three touchdowns. You kick a field goal? You're against the Patriots. They're a well-oiled machine. You got you to score touchdowns. I've been a, I've been a Mike Tomlin I've been the 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 one time dirt balls have come at me at but yo your Pittsburgh Steelers fans call me racist for saying Mike Tomlin's overrated. It's like you've always had tons of talent. And what how has that played out for how good Mike Tomlin is supposedly as a coach? Yeah, well a lot of it's what have you done for me lately, right? Yeah. That's the name of the fucking game. Yeah. And they Steelers home against your Seahawks next week. I don't know. Who starts 0-2? I would or, well, the Seahawks won, but I would say Steelers win. But I do their offense. I, I'm shocked at how bad their offense played. Then again, the Steelers defense just gave up four hundred passing yards to Andy Dalton at home. I'd put my money on Pittsburgh right now even though they played so poorly. All right, NFL One week recap. We did it, Joe Prano. Yeah. I know you got to get out of here. I do want to talk college football for a brief second if I can. Fucking rip it, Ruther, and I will, I will sit here and nod. I watched 
a lot of games this weekend. Okay. I didn't find myself watching games. But I want to focus on the Army-Michigan game. Okay. I'm a big Jim Harbaugh supporter. I should say I have been. I thought he was great in the NFL. He was great at Stanford. This isn't the same Jim Harbaugh. They let Army, who did not complete a pass, I'm sorry, attempt a pass in the first half to take a lead in the big house. Now, I know teams sometimes struggle, which I still can't figure out. Army took Oklahoma in Norman last year to overtime. But his play calling was so atrocious, he kept going for it on fourth down and kept not getting it. I'm out on Jim Harbaugh. Ohio State is going to wax them again with their new coach. Mark my words. Jim Harbaugh, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the 49ers ruined him at the end. He's not the same Jim Harbaugh. Michigan is not that good. Their quarterback situation is a disaster. So what you're saying is I should put tons of money on them playing in the BCS playoffs? (laughs) No way they play in the BCS playoffs, and there's definitely no way they beat Ohio State. I don't even know where the game's at. I don't care. Mark my words. Oh, wow. we we mark we're marking words. Ohio there State. There are dirt balls right now for t- taking out fucking bank loans to to bet on them at this point. Ohio State will boat race them. And the other game I want to talk about briefly is LSU Texas. Again, I watched the whole game. LSU is an offense now. Joe Burrow looked great. They I don't know if you know this. They brought over one of the coaches from the Saints to run the offense, basically great. for LSU. And they have a quarterback. And, and he looks so much better. So so next episode, maybe previewing the weekend, we'll have to get Coach Owen here to yeah. tell us the status of LSU. This is not your old LSU team. Because no. they went into Texas, and they put up points all game long. Texas is not back? It's going to take them a minute. Texas is the Tiger Woods of college football teams, aren't they? Bro, how many years have we been hearing this? They're back. Texas tracker. They still have McConaughey on the sideline. Yeah. Is Tug Coker a Texas fan? That'd, <laughs> that'd be the ultimate. Like, He's like, and Texas football, of course. And you're like, what? By the way, I will be gone Thursday. I'll be in Catalina Island with my mother. Dream team. How do you say that right to my face? So Tug Coker will be filling in. Twin Towers. It'll be Joe Prano. Never forget. It'll be Joe Prano and Tug Coker next episode. The lefty. The righty. The Twin Towers, the Dream Team. Here we go. Let's go. All right. Guys, follow us on Texas tw- Tug. Follow us on Twitter at The Dirty Sports, Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Drop an iTunes review. If you leave your Twitter or Instagram handle, I will send you koozies. I mailed out a bunch today. Uh, at Joe Prano on Instagram. Uh, strong week one, uh, let down by, uh, by Fitzpatrick. And really let down by the Dolphins in general. But... We're up 150% on our money because we lose the Fitzpatrick. We win the Rams. They cancel each other out. Uh, We're left with the Green Bay Packers winning and winning the money line. So we make 150 on our 100, and uh, we're feeling good. We got 150 dirt balls. You're with me. We got 150 bucks in the bank to play with. Knock on wood if you're with me. Knock on wood if you're with me. Dirt balls. We got we got one fifty to play with after week one. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Maybe I'll maybe last second before tonight's game. We'll tell you what to do. Doubling your money is good. Maybe we take that extra fifty and we try to triple it on uh, with a little Monday night bet. So follow me uh, at Joe Prano. Follow my stories for my picks. 
not my, you know, not a sweep week one, but two out of three ain't bad, especially when one of them is a money line. So let's go. All right. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. And uh, that is the show. Again, you and Tug, I'm going to give up a little control this week. I got to teach you how to do all this stuff again. Magic to bird. Back to magic. Back to bird for three. Then who am I, Joe Prano? If you guys are magic and bird, You're who Isaiah are? Thomas. You were left off the dream team because <laughs> no one wanted to play with you. <laughs> I'm Zeke. You're a short sexual harasser. <laughs> what? That was voted off the team by a jury of his peers. Unbelievable. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And most importantly, stay dirty.